Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're growing a brand around your nerdy passion, you can learn from business and marketing podcasts, or you can learn from nerds like you. This is the show built by bloggers, cosplayers, gamers, artists, and other entrepreneurs that are making the things you love. How's it going, entrepreneurs? Welcome to episode 67 of the Entrepreneur Podcast by Under the Capes. I'm your host, Tim Ludy, and I've got a great episode for you today. I hope everyone's staying safe. I know things are a little crazy right now, um, but hopefully everyone is staying inside, um, you know, looking after your loved ones and hopefully taking the time to be productive. I... I work from home um, full-time either way, so things haven't been too much of a change for me, but I know it's been it's been tough on a lot of people, um, and hopefully uh, you're using your time to to work on your, your entrepreneur projects. Um, I'm trying to take a little bit of extra time for cosplaying. I'm trying to make a little bit more progress on the podcast and get some... Uh, some good content out for you guys to hopefully keep you motivated in this uh, time. Um, James Intercasso, who I had on the podcast back in episode 55, has a great article on the World Builder blog for people who are working from home. Um, so definitely give that a look if that's uh, something that you've been you've been doing lately and, and maybe struggling with a little bit because that was definitely a struggle for me when I when I first started and I got some good tips from that blog as well um, and this is probably also a good time to start reading a little bit of digital comics um, my guest this week is Christopher Carter from global comics which is a really great platform for digital comics that helps creators create, translate, and format their digital comics for a more global audience and provides some really awesome tools for making it really simple for creators to create more engaging comics, digital comics, and monetize those comics and and um, reach a reach a more global audience which uh, is one thing that we talked about a lot of how how digital comics um, can help and some of the strategies for reaching a more global audience with your comics which I think um, it can be it can be very easy to just think local so um, this is offers some great tips I first heard about Global Comics from George Vega, who I had on episode 64 of the Entrepreneur Podcast. And his comic, The World of M, is now up on Global Comics. You can read a little bit of that as a free preview and and get an idea of, of that comic, which is really cool. Um and how global comics works a little bit and check out um you know i think especially comics creators and publishers are going to get a lot out of this episode and 
Yeah, let's dive right on in. All right, I'm now joined by Christopher Carter from Global Comics. Uh, Christopher, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Tim. Yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about how Global Comics got started? Sure. Um, I think that I, where I need to start is that I'm uh, while I'm currently living in the United States, I'm originally from Norway, and I've uh, throughout the course of my growing up lived in a couple of different countries, France and Germany kind of being uh, examples. And I got introduced to comics at a very early age, I think around five or six or so. And um, amongst the ones that I took particular interest to growing up in Norway at the time were um, some of the ones that were coming out of the United States, particularly the Disney ones. So take your DuckTales and your Donald Pocket and your Weekly Donald Magazine and, and that kind of stuff. And I um, was introduced to this idea of a comic creator community um, with uh, when I started learning about the storytellers in the Donald Duck stories. And specifically with reruns of things uh, by a creator named Don Rosa that had been creating, you know, decades before uh, I was a kid. And kind of going from there, you know, as I was growing up and I had my teenager, teenage years, um, a little bit more of the Norwegian comic scene opened up to me. Um, but the styles were very different than what I'd been reading before. And it was around this time that I also discovered the Spawn magazine. And I was very, very hooked on the, the Spawn story. I found that absolutely fascinating. And it was unlike anything else that you really could get in the um, stores. And in Norway, there's, there were some comic book stores at the time, but the primary place where I'd find my comics were in supermarkets or newsstands or, or places that would also have uh, these magazines. And so with that kind of as a background, um, and in particularly also with some of the French comics when Asterix and Tintin um, were a huge part of shaping my early life. And once I moved out into the world and I lived in different places, I found very quickly that I was no longer really able to access any form of, whether it was digital or physical, um, versions of these comics that I uh, had found and grown up on and, and still held very dear to my heart. And I found that every time that I'd go back home, I'd be picking up you know, a couple of Donald Pockets and maybe a magazine here and there. And so Global Comics really kind of was born from that perspective in that I realized that the stories that I'd grown up on weren't available, and I was not the only one that was in that case. And I also realized that there's so many great stories and so much great art and so much great work that never reaches people around the world because of things like the geographic boundaries or language boundaries or cultural boundaries and all of these things. And Global Comics was born from you know, a string of these realizations of initially kind of what were the drivers for me in, in uh, and how had effect, how had different cultural comics take the French and the Norwegian and the American um, had an impact on my life growing up in my perspective uh, and such. And then kind of along the lines of, well, if it's a problem for me, wouldn't it be cool for creators to be able to reach a lot more people and for 
people in different countries to get an insight into humor and culture in a way that they, you know, is very, very friendly and neutral and, and welcoming to some sense. Um, and so I set out kind of thinking on this. And I think it was about seven years ago at this point, almost seven years ago, where I finally kind of said to myself, okay, well, I've gotten to a point where I have enough understanding of how technology works and I have enough understanding of how business works. And I have enough understanding of how the internet can facilitate um, digital crowdsourcing or digital distribution or, you know, and it was through some experiences that I'd had in uh, reading manga that uh, I've been following since way back earlier in the aughts um, that kind of like landed me on this path. And with all of those stars aligning, uh, you know, Global Comics came to me as as this idea that, well, I have the opportunity to actually make a difference now. So why don't I start doing something with that? And it was still a couple of years where it was percolating in the backside of my mind and I was teaching myself a little bit about how to do development. Um, and then really in 2015 and 2016 was when I doubled down and I was spending all of my spare time outside of working um, as a product manager for a very large 3D printing company uh, on, their, on their software side uh, to kind of develop and build global comics. And it took me, you know, probably about two or three years of doing this as a side project before I was ready to kind of unveil it and, and get creators on board. And I went to market by finding um, these niche communities of comic creators that kind of span a wide variety of different experiences from the very indie to some of the people that, you know, had licensed content with some of the bigger publishers. And my pitch was very simple at the time, you know, like, I'm someone that's very passionate about comics and I'm building this platform whose focus is on helping creators be successful. Would you be interested in giving it a shot and kind of helping me with providing feedback and thoughts and suggestions on, on how this thing can become better. And, um, you know, that three years later, two years later after that now, uh, here we are. And we, we actually have uh, the start of something really fantastic with a lot of different creators that are very passionate about um, what we're doing for them and, and where we want to go in the future. Yeah, because there's so many different stories out there uh, in like different language markets and also just indie creators even in um, the U.S. markets that are like so different than the, the mainstream U.S. comics that, that they're, they're starting to, to get more, more widespread. Right. And I think it's something that we're seeing for a bunch of different reasons. Um, one of them might... One of them is the uh, mainstream popularization of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The fact that these stories have a comic book background and have a very long history and a legacy and a lot of very passionate fans and, and the ded dedicated following around um, that is kind of helping people outside of that specific niche or, or that specific interest understand that, well, stories are just really interesting. Um, and there's, even though there might be certain comics that aren't 
your specific kind of style. There are others that might. Um, I think another great example is is Netflix, who's doing a phenomenal job in bringing in um, folks into these universes through the medium of animation. And we can see in kind of what their content strategy has been in, is uh, in adopting a lot of Japanese manga into animation, into uh, mainstream. Yeah, they kind of popularize the the format and then those more casual audiences can start to look uh for different different stories in that format um, and i think the the digital comics has definitely made it a lot easier to get your hands on some of that stuff like you were saying you know picking up um a, a norwegian magazine uh like back when you were a kid was probably impossible for um someone in another country Right. Um, I think it was, it's about 10 years ago at this point when I was involved in in an online community that was helping translate Japanese comics into other languages. And primarily I was there from uh, getting my fix of specific set of stories that that I wanted because they weren't available in any way, shape, or form otherwise. And I was going to have a couple conversations with folks that were working in that industry. And they would tell me about things like the cycle time or the lead time for getting content available. Um, if it was published on day one in local country and then actually having that available internationally um, would be somewhere between nine and 18 months. And the cost of doing so, uh, even kind of understanding which countries to prioritize and which languages and how much production of print do they make and, and so on and so forth, made it very difficult and very cost prohibitive. Meanwhile, you saw people on the internet that were like, well, I know how to translate this thing. <laughs> and, and the internet where went where the internet normally goes in that if there's demand for something and no one's filling that demand, someone will step up and do it. And in this case, it was volunteers that were, were translating you know, these popular series into their own languages, um, almost within, to the most extreme, six hours of something being available in um, original comic book shows. And that was that was kind of a big eye-opener, I think, for the industry. And we've seen now over the past decade that some of the players have really started thinking about this and, and are adopting a world-first kind of approach in which it's no longer that hard for them to get their content in front of people um in other countries yeah and what have you seen that that world first digital strategy look like like what are what have been the ways that you've seen comic creators get their get their work uh in front of a lot of different audiences and kind of market it a little bit better see that's a very interesting question because inevitably it falls back into uh a duality. And the, the question of that duality is, is the original language English? Yes or no? Right? And I think there's a very different approach being taken by um, comics that are originally English versus comics that are originally some other language. If we take an example in the manga industry, um, I'm seeing that uh, 
if you look at some of the biggest publishers in Japan, uh, take Shueisha, for example, they now have a digital online reading platform for their most popular manga. And they're doing one-week delay, quote-unquote, simultaneous release of their content in English and Spanish. And for them, that has been hugely successful. And I've kind of been watching the view count go up and their, their traffic rank go up in various services such as Alexa. And um, I can only presume that they are having success with it. Now, from a financial perspective, you know, th those numbers are all hidden to us, so we wouldn't know as much. Um, inversely, on the English-speaking side, uh, that becomes a lot more of a diffuse and opaque question and approach. And I don't know if... Um, the English-speaking language comic section is as sophisticated yet when it comes to internationalization and going into other languages as perhaps uh, a country like Japan who is forced to, given that their language is pretty much only spoken by them. Yeah, so having dynamic ways to, to translate content and, and like it, it must be difficult to tailor it to specific markets uh, individually. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if if for an industry that still has a very large physical and print footprint, um, breaking out of the thought pattern of what does it mean to go into more languages is can sometimes be challenging or frightening or even scary um, and hard, right? Because it's easy to go into, well, in order for me to get my content into... 50 bookstores. Now I have to find the bookstores in other countries and now I have to uh, figure out whether or not there's even a market and how much is the upfront cost, etc. Um, and I think, you know, like over the course of the ne next five years or so, I think that that thinking is going to shift a little bit and it's going to evolve. And with use of technology and with use of digital distribution, um, trying your waters or, or putting your feet in the water with another language or, you know, potentially even other countries has a much, much lower barrier to entry. The, the simplest kind of example that I could give, and this is still a very naive approach, would be, you know, if I have this one book and it's available or this one title and it's available in 10 books, there's, there's 10 installments, um, getting that translated into, say, Spanish uh, probably wouldn't cost an arm and a leg. And then actually putting that out there and seeing where the interest comes from is a very valid uh, market building tactic, right? Like you don't even need to charge for it at that point if your goal is to learn and understand where are your readers and how does information dynamically flow over the internet. And it's from that angle that Global Comics is coming at a little bit also in that it is exactly that kind of opportunity that, that we want to be able to offer to creators and publishers around the world um, to bring down those barriers to entry uh, for reaching a, a bigger audience, for learning more about where your readers are, for understanding how they discover your content. Um, and then for on the creators and publishers side themselves, being able to bring these people into their community and then 
further engage them in all the, the other surrounding contexts of what their community means. So like comic cons or in some senses, or in some cases it might be, you know, events that happen locally, or it might be release days for a print version at a bookstore, or, you know, these things. And ultimately, um, where that kind of needs to go, I think, is the industry shouldn't be afraid of technology as a replacement. I don't think that is going to be the case. I think you know, there are still people that are very, very passionate about having uh, print and physical things in their hand, and rightfully so. There's also an audience out there that cares about stories and doesn't really care too much about the medium as long as they can continue to get access to those stories. And expanding that reach in that way, way I think, is just beneficial for everyone. Yeah, and like you said, uh, having those digital analytics to help tell people where their market is and how they can better uh, target them and approach them uh, seems very valuable. Yeah, I mean, the, the more you know about your business and your market and your audience, the, the better you can and more efficiently you can run your business. And um, the more benefit you can extract for yourself and for your community and the more value you can build in that entire ecosystem, I think. And yet, um, what are the other ways that Global Comics has been kind of providing different tools for creators? Um, it seems like you have a lot of a lot of really great features that uh, make things a little more interactive, make things a little bit easier on their side. Sure. Um, so if we start with the problem statement uh, that most comic books are made for a print size and phones are small. Um, there's many different attempts and many different ways you can go about reading a comic um, on a digital device. So you have your digital PDF downloads, which may or may not work with your phone. Um, you have your online reading of images with no assistance and no kind of specificity, which means um, pinch and zoom and pinch and zoom and pinch and zoom and pinch and zoom. Through throughout the, the reading experience. And probably, you know, if you're on your phone, uh, put it landscape sometimes and put a um, portrait in others. And when you're on a desktop device or a laptop device or on a tablet, it's a little bit bigger already, um, but the, the reading format isn't, isn't, it still isn't the same form factor as, as with print, right? And, so one of the things that we did with Global Comics was give creators the opportunity to kind of create these um, interactive uh, paths for readers to consume. And what that means is that creators using Global Comics as tools can set up a panel-to-panel -panel transition view and reading experience of their own comics. And it allows them to do things like focus and highlight a whole panel and then zoom in on specific parts. And it allows them to take readers through the flow and pace in a way that they intend the readers to experience it. Um, that is, you know, that, that's our approach to thinking about how can we make digital comics more consumable and, and accessible, one of them. The added benefit of this is that when the user is guided from panel to 
panel, all of the pinching and zooming kind of happens automatically without the user needing to take a lot of action. And so it means that you can lay in bed and read your favorite comic on a phone using only your left hand um, while you're uh, cuddling with your cat or, or whatever. Right? That's what I generally do uh, in the evening. And on the, on the flip side, you know, we've seen other approaches to what a digital reading experience might be. That might be reformatting the, the whole comic to be single panels of endless scrolling. And some people really like that. And I think that it works fairly well on a phone if you are not someone that um, has a preference for being able to uh, experience the story where the layout of a specific page and what was originally a page turn um, plays a difference in how you experience the story. Because I think ultimately, uh, when you do these kind of single panel uh, scrolling experiences, the way that you consume the content and the perception of how much content is a lot of content drastically changes with the medium. And for us, it was important that we were able to retain the original intent um, of work that people create so that folks that are also going for physical and going for print and going for magazines don't have to spend a lot of time jumping through hoops only to get their content online and consumed by people. It was very important for us to be inclusive of all the forms of, of content creators. And the benefit of, of our panel-to-panel -panel viewer is that it works equally well for an endless scroll type situation as it works for um, a, a page layout. And yeah, you mentioned kind of identifying these pain points, I guess. Uh, how did you uh, first start to figure out the main issues that a lot of comics creators were having? It started with a lot of conversations, and it continued with even more conversations, and it will never stop with... Uh... <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, I think anyone that is building a platform or is building a service that's supposed to benefit other people are foolish to think that they can do that without involving the people that they're building it for. And so starting those dialogues and having transparency and involving people in the process of how certain decisions of features and functionality and toolings and experience um, gets shaped on your service is in the best interest of absolutely everyone. That's kind of a starting point. And for me, it's a no-brainer in that, you know, we have a public Discord channel that anyone can join, and I'm in there actively speaking on a daily basis. If people have suggestions or feedback, they can add message me, they can post in our forums, or, you know, email is a little bit less personal, I think. Um, but we have that option, too, for people that, that want that. And... You know, the, the, the goal of Global Comics is to make the most powerful, the most user-friendly, and the most um, creator-oriented comics platform out there that still also really appeals to readers, right? And so we have to play both sides of that fence um, in the best possible way. And the only way to do that is to have honest conversations with the people 
that are consuming content and with the people that are creating content. Yeah, and that seems like the best way as you're developing, it's, it seems like the best way to also grow your audience or grow your, your community of comics creators. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Um, it's, it's that, <laughs> quote unquote, very strange thing that people like having human connections and authentic conversations with people and not, you know, oh, Corporation X. Um, I think that's something that we're going to continue to strive towards, to retain. And it's one of our really close to heart core values of who we are at Global Comics. Everyone is coming at it from the perspective of, um, we want to make the best possible thing for people that are passionate and gifted and talented, um, in creating work. Awesome. And yeah, what are the, the future plans for Global Comics? Well, um, that's a good question. You know, I, I think our focus at this time is to get in front of as many creators and as many publishers as we can. Um, we're a relatively young company, and we've validated as best as we can through in-person attendance at conventions and, and in conversations with with active creators and publishers that we have something that is uh, immensely useful once they discover uh, our platform and, and actually learn what it's about. And I think ultimately we need to continue uh, down that path. And where that leads is that sooner or later there's going to be so much content that readers have a choice of finding something that's interesting to them. And so then we'll start really growing out the readership side of, of the equation. And it'll be very interesting for us to see how that plays out internationally. Um, over the course of the next six months, we're gonna look into experimentation on actually bringing localized content to new language markets. Uh, I think we're eyeing potential candidates being French and Spanish, um, Potentially Brazilian Portuguese, actually. It, it has Brazil has a very big comic community, um, and for that, we'll be looking to work with a set of creators and with a set of publishers, where we can partner them with ourselves and with one of our translation company partners, who's a very close friend of mine that I've been um, involved with in online communities for the past fifteen years, and see what we can do with opening up new languages. And I think that's going to be a great learning experience for us, and it's going to be a great learning experience for the creators and publishers that are involved. And through doing so, um, where we want to inevitably go is have localization and translations be a native part, a first-class citizen of the global comics ecosystem and platform tooling so that creators everywhere can benefit from an ecosystem of translators that are ready and willing and able um, to contribute with uh, localizing comics into multiple languages, using our platform as the medium for how to get connected and find each other and using our platform as the medium for how to publish and um, do revenue share or do commission work or, or how, however that might play out. Awesome. Yeah. With the, uh, like you've already had a, a lot of resources for that kind of globalization. So that seems like a, a really great evolution of that and, a, and a definitely a, a natural direction for you guys to go. 
Thank you. Yes, it's a lot of hard work. I gotta tell you that. <laughs> that is uh, that is important to stress to people. Right? Yeah. You, you know, the, it, it's interesting how many people kind of fall into doing something uh, without realizing ahead of time how much work that something might be, uh, simply because they're passionate about one very core aspect of it. Yeah, it can be difficult to get to the like the rest of the actual business building side of things and, and still retain enough of the, the thing that you're passionate about to keep it, uh, keep it exciting for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if you are looking to be successful as a comic creator, there's inevitably a point where, that, where you get to where you realize this is an actual business. And in order for this to be successful, um, I need distribution. I need marketing. I need uh, potentially supply chain. I need access to talent. I need a management of, of kind of uh, contracts and rights. Uh, sometimes I need an upfront cash flow, uh, whether I take that from my own savings or I'm able to crowdfund it or, or friends or family or something. And, you know, like, there's a big difference in making comics because you're super passionate about that and you just think that's fun and posting them on the internet and making comics because you want to have that be your main job. And so it's important for, for folks that start getting in, into this industry that they have that broader perspective um, in mind if that's where they want to go. Yeah, because it seems like that is something when you hit a certain tier of comics creating where it's if, if you can know it from the beginning and, and know that's that's where you're heading and that's something you're willing to do uh it helps you kind of prepare for that uh both business-wise and kind of mentally to know where a lot of your energy is going to be going later in your in your journey right and you know for some it's it's perfectly okay to not be the person that's organizing that or for many it might be being part of contributing to a team that someone else puts together or working commission work or doing freelance or and so on and so forth and then kind of maintaining your own passion and, and side projects uh, on the side and i think the more of those we can get to is is great it's just when you go into this idea of well i'm going to make a comic and, and make money off of it um, you have to be realistic with what your expectations are and, and what the workload is going to be in order for, for, the, for that to be successful. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways to make money off of what you're passionate about without necessarily being an entrepreneur or starting your own business with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we, we hit on some pretty good points there, but do you have uh, one final piece of advice for someone just starting out building a geek brand? Yes, I do. I think the first thing that you should do is kind of sit down and, and ask yourself, what is it that I want to accomplish with this? And it's okay if you don't have an answer immediately. But you should start kind of forming a mental map of, well, what am I trying to do here? And then if you're, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur and you're trying to make a business about, around something, then the next thing that you should ask yourself is, who are the people that's interested in what I'm interested in doing? And if you can't find an answer to who are the people, either you haven't done enough research or you should consider evolving your idea. Because ideas come easily and they come many 
not all of them are great businesses. And so if you, if you can start on, on that side of things and get some validation before you jump into doing a lot of stuff, spending a lot of time, uh, you might save yourself a lot of headaches down the road um, where you know maybe you find that um, mutant zombie uh, stories with time travel for characters that look like slimes doesn't have the best market reach, uh, you know, or, or whatever crazy thing. <laughs> maybe maybe you consider writing a story a little bit differently, or maybe uh, you know, you think a little bit more about who are the people that you're looking to have read or consume the thing that you're doing or the thing that you're creating, um, so that you don't say yourself up for disappointment and once you finally created your thing or you have your business or your your comic is going to market and then you find that there's no one that that's actually interested in that thing um after the fact yeah answering those questions off the bat of is there a market for this how will i make money doing this rather than trying to figure those out as you go yeah exactly <laughs> you know, to, to some extent, I didn't follow my own advice with Global Comics, but I had an intuition and experience from my career uh, in like software development and, and platform development that there's certainly a model here for comics. And so I fell a little bit into it. Um, but I realized early on that before I started building out the platform itself, I needed to answer those questions. And I'm very, very glad that I did, because otherwise, um, I don't know what the platform would look like right now. Yeah, and while you bring a lot of unique things to um, kind of the digital comics industry, it is still a proven platform model that you've, you've able to see other businesses succeed with, so you knew there was some, some legs to stand on before getting going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, the fact that there are millions of people actually drawing comics in some way, shape, or form and posting online is a great indicator that there's interest in distribution. Well, yeah, this has been really great, Christopher. Where should people go to follow you and learn more about Global Comics? For Global Comics, you can go to globalcomicswithanx.com. Uh, globalcomicswithanx.com. And for connecting with me, um, you can find me either on Global Comics as Nimlot, uh, that's N-I-M-L-O-T-H, or you can find me on Twitter under the same uh, user handle. And uh, don't be shy. Feel free to you, you know, give me a poke, give me a, a ping, ask me questions. Um, uh, I'm happy to chat with anyone and everyone. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, thanks for chatting with me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me over uh, for, for your podcast. This has been very fun. There you have it, guys. My talk with Christopher Carter from Global Comics. I really enjoyed this talk. I think one thing that we, we touched on right at the end there is this idea of you need to fully understand what additional work go, goes into starting your entrepreneur passion project. Um, hopefully this podcast has has helped with that because there's a lot of marketing and administrative tasks and a lot of different stuff that goes into it that you know takes you away from in this case comics creating maybe um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's something to be aware of as you go in 
And I think Global Comics does a, a great job um, simplifying some of those tasks for you um, as far as the the digitizing and the monetization of your comics. Um, and And yeah, as... A special promo uh, just for for you guys. Global Comics has offered a couple promo codes. Um, so f- if you want to read some comics on on Global Comics and check it out, you can claim fifty free reading credits using the code Entrepreneurd um, in your account page, and that's Entrepreneurd all caps. If you're a comics creator or publisher. You can get a 50% discount on Global Comics Creator Pro, which is their premium tooling subscription, using the code Entrepreneur during the checkout experience. Um, all Both of those codes are valid th- through April 30th, 2020. And um, yeah, hopefully you guys are able to experiment with the platform a little bit and test it out because um, I think it's it's really cool for, for readers and for publishers and as always guys i'll include links to all of that in the show notes at underthecapes.com slash episode 67 and i hope you guys got something out of this i hope you found something to inspire you along in your entrepreneur journey and i hope you're staying safe staying productive and i will talk to you again soon thanks Thanks so much for listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast by Under the Capes. I hope this episode has helped motivate you to either start or grow your geek brand. If you liked the episode, I would love if you could give us a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to be listening from. And feel free to connect with us on social media, on Twitter at Under the Capes, on Facebook at Under the Capes, and on Instagram at Under the Capes Cosplay. Thanks so much, and have a great day.